Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for your holy word. Prepare our hearts to receive your holy teaching. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and redeemer. Amen. Our second reading today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For so it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. And when they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them, when the star that they had, had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was, when they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of the Lord. When I was about eight years old, my brother and a friend across the street and I launched into an adventure. Our plan was to wait until our parents were asleep. And then we would sneak out quietly out of the house and gather in our backyard where we had stashed sleeping bags and long chairs in order to gaze up at the night sky. Now this wasn't just any regular night for on this particular night, there was to be a meteor shower. Now, for you astronomers out there, you already know a, a meteor shower is where debris from space enters Earth's atmosphere, most of it not even bigger than a grain of sand. And when it enters the atmosphere, it burns up and creates what we would call a shooting star. And on this particular night, there were supposed to be several shooting stars. It was a spectacle to behold. 
The three of us were not going to let something like bedtime keep us from experiencing this luminous event. Now, I don't know which excited me more. Was it the meteor shower and the opportunity, or was it sneaking out with my compatriots? I remember the excitement of the adventure which we, the three of us, shared together. Now, we exactly weren't the wise men. We were only three young boys, and the distance we traversed was not hundreds of miles, but only merely yards. But in our childlike understanding, as we gazed up into those stars, we felt awe and wonder. Do we have any astronomers here? Well, if you are an astronomer, then you know that living in our modern times, we do not see the night sky as clearly as our ancestors once did. The glare of modern lights, along with air pollution. I even read an article where Starlink, Elon Musk's company, has so many satellites up in the air that people are concerned that they can see them almost like people gathered to see Sputnik. All of these factors, whether streetlights, combustible engines, factories, these obscure us from seeing the night sky clearly. But the ancients knew the stars. They knew them intimately, for the Greeks named the constellations. In the East, remnants have been found dating back as early as 1300 BC, showing that the Chinese, too, also named the stars. Arabs have one of the longest and oldest histories of astronomy. And our ancient ancestors guided their ships by the northern star and plotted their course by the planets. The magi of our scripture were probably astronomers like these. The only reference to their origin comes from the distinction of Matthew saying that they were magi from the east. The word magi derives from the Persian word magus, which referred to a, to a religious caste which practiced Zoroastrianism. This has led many scholars to believe that the magi were most likely from Babylon, which would be where Iran and Iraq are today. Zoroastrianism studied the stars. Their believers believed that the stars showed signs of great events, much like astrology of today. The appearance of a new star was reason for excitement. They saw within a new star the hope of a new destiny. And to these three, to these magi of the East, a new star meant 
the birth of a king. Now, Matthew makes no reference to the number of magi because there were three gifts given, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The number three quickly became a part of lore surrounding the magi. But there is no reason to believe that it was only three. We do love to sing, though, that hymn, We Three Kings of Orient Are. It is not even clear if the Magi were kings. They were obviously wealthy, since they provided such lavish gifts upon the child. And it was probably their wealth and status that made those in Jerusalem and Herod take notice. A group of commoners, even those from a foreign land, would not have warranted a summons by Herod. And as a part of the Roman Empire, foreigners coming and going from Jerusalem were a commonplace. The tradition that the Magi were kings comes from Isaiah 60, which we heard earlier. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall proclaim the praise of the Lord. It is often that which we do not know about these magi, about these men, which most excites our curiosity. Why did they take such an expensive venture? And what were the dangers that they faced along the way? Did they believe in God? Were they searching for a Messiah, or were they just fulfilling a misguided belief in their pagan religion? But no matter the reason, God was able to use them to point us into a new direction. Now, my stargazing adventure as a child was exciting, but it was different than the venture of those wise men. I was searching for a childlike adventure while these wise men were on a quest. An adventure is about the experience, about feeling the excitement and thrill of the adventure. An adventure is self-serving, but a quest has a goal. It has a purpose with an end which you are seeking to complete. One of my favorite childhood stories was The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien. Perhaps some of you have read The Hobbit or have seen the movies. The Hobbit was the first of a series about a fantasy world called Middle-earth. It involves kings, dwarves, elves, dragons, wizards, goblins, orcs, and a group of halflings known as hobbits. In The Hobbit, the main character is a hobbit named Bilbo Baggins, who finds himself on an adventure to steal back treasure for the dwarves 
by the, that's held by the evil dragon smog. And while there is a purpose at hand to steal the treasure, Bilbo's primary motivation is to find adventure. In the sequel to The Hobbit, The Lord of the Rings, Tolkien tells a different story. In The Lord of the Rings, it is now Bilbo's nephew, Frodo Baggins, who must set out, but not in pursuit of an adventure, but on a quest to destroy the ring of power and thereby save Middle-earth. In the adversity of the quest, the bonds are fellow the bonds of fellowship are formed among the members as they seek to destroy the ring of power. And they are transformed by the quest. Like Frodo Baggins, the Magi were on a quest instead of an adventure. They had a goal set before them. They did not set out merely for the experience, but to find a child born king of the Jews. They were not, perhaps they were not aware of the danger that this quest would take them. When Herod heard that there was another king of the Jews, He was frightened, and all of Jerusalem with him. The wise men didn't go in search of danger, but danger sought them out. And it did not detour them from finishing their goal, from following the star. And when they found their goal and they had found this child, they felt great joy. Manifested in worship. So they offered these gifts to this special child. In their quest, they were transformed. Just as the star of Bethlehem beckoned the wise men, so does Christ, the light of the world, beckon us. He beckons us to follow him calling us not on an adventure, but on a quest, a quest to experience God, a quest to be one with God, to find Christ in relationship with the living God. Jesus, as he walked the earth, was often found to, was often asked, to perform miraculous signs. Many wanted proof. They wanted an adventure. But they misunderstood the purpose of Jesus. And so when Jesus told them that he came to die and to rise again, many who were seeking an adventure left Jesus. But for those who followed, who have taken on the quest, 
We have been transformed. In your faith, are you looking for an adventure? Or are you willing to follow a quest? Do you come to church just to experience the good feelings, the sense and presence of God, or the fellowship? Or are you seeking to find Christ? Are you seeking to know God? Are we so different than those wise men? Are we not all travelers seeking to find Christ? And will we let the dangers and obstacles keep us from completing our goal? Or will we have the faith to continue in spite of adversity? What does it mean for us to search for the king of the Jews? Many of us come from different places. Perhaps we are all on a different journey. But it is the same place. God is directing us to the same, to the same spot. And when we find Jesus, when our quest is complete, will we too know the joy of the wise men? Will we open up our treasures and worship Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords? For if we do, we too will be open to the wonders of Emmanuel, God with us. Friends, let us follow the wise men. Let us follow their example. Let us be led to Christ before us. Amen.